Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod Bowl special. We're talking New Year's Six. And folks, I gotta say, this bowl season's been a little weird, a bit a little wonky, have had some upsets. I still hate you, Jackson State. Uh, But you know what? uh, I'm kind of excited for the New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, We have a couple good ones. I think Notre Dame, OSU is good, Ohio State, Utah. Baylor Ole Miss, I, I feel like we have a couple pretty good matchups here, um, and I'm hoping we get to see them. So, Blake, how have you enjoyed bowl season so far, and uh, how are you feeling about everything? Honestly, bowl season has been meh. Uh, all my teams, for some reason, have like a billion opt-outs whenever I want to cheer for them. Utah State was the one good one, but of course, the devil themselves, San Diego State, won their bowl game. <laughs> Unfair. Whenever they're going up against UTSA, second string, basically scout team, offensive defense, because Sincere McCormick was out, about nine or ten other guys were, and still could only beat them by two touchdowns, so they're still frauds, they're not conference champions, but it's been at least enjoyable. There's been some good games, like the Potato Bowl the other day, I thought that was a very enjoyable game. It was was was. beautifully disgusting. I loved it. Loved it. Jameson, I like your festive tree in the background. Nice Thank little Christmas tree. Thank yeah, how, how have you liked the bowls so far? Yeah, uh, the, the the potato bowl was a little disappointing for me, to be completely honest with you. Um, looks like Kent State does not even like each other from what all the people were going around on Twitter. Um, I, I don't know what's going on there. They weren't even celebrating uh, touchdowns, <laughs> so... So, uh, not a good opponent to play Wyoming and expose them as frauds. Maybe we should have had uh, Wyoming play San Diego State so I could have had a <laughs> best of both worlds game where San Diego State wins and Wyoming will lose. This has been a really bad bowl season for our beefs. Our, 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 we, we've hated a lot of teams throughout the season, and I feel like every team we've hated on has done really well, which is a, which is a bit of a bummer. Ty... How have you enjoyed bowl season? And uh, are you is that navy sized uh, piece of your heart uh, is it, is it ailing right now? Yeah, I love the uh, I love the sloppiness of this bowl season. It's just it's fun to watch, right? And it's right at, before the season even started. I predicted that this was going to be a great season to just be a fan of the sport, and I think that has very very much come true. And in the bowl season, you know. If you're a fan of a team, you got a lot of opt-outs and it's a really disappointing game. Or if you've got money on it or something, it's a different factor. But some of it is just the how bad it is gives it character. Like we talked about the the potato bowl, just how difficult it was to even tell what the hell was going on with the two different color schemes and the blue fields and stuff. It's like you just don't get that uh, on a, a regular regular game day and in that atmosphere so i just i love the sloppiness i love the just the crazy storylines and the opt-outs and everything else so i think it's been it's been fun so far we've had some surprises and i think the best ones are are yet to come it's it has truly been just a beautiful disaster and i i for one am here for it um you know that's just that's part of the fun and uh i'm excited about the duke's mayo bowl coming up as well where we get to see hopefully get to see either mac brown or shane beamer get dumped with mayonnaise which will be just truly beautiful yeah what a matchup there you know yeah all of these matchups have been just 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 incredible so you know certainly can't complain all right let's move on let's get to some picks here so we're just kind of uh kind of free free going it for the most part with our with our um our lineup because you know we're not really competing here. We have a bowl pick 'em, 
but it's not exactly as um, intense as it has been uh, as, uh, you know, the weekend spread, which, by the way, we the entire successfully completed our uh, glitzy goblin challenge, by the way. So let's get us started off here with um, my hold the on. first game. The which first game, which trouble. is my overlays are bad on YouTube. Sorry, everyone. A truly nasty game. I'm excited for this. It's Michigan State and Pitt in the Peach Bowl. Um, this has been this is a disgusting matchup that has been made absolutely worse by opt outs. Uh, so, ooh, I I I do not like this one one bit. Jameson, I'll let you start us off. Who do you have? Who meant more to their team, respectively? Was it Kenny Pickett or Kenneth Walker? And I think Kenny Pickett meant a lot more to Pittsburgh than Kenneth Walker meant to Michigan State. I like Michigan State actually a decent amount here versus Pittsburgh moving forward. Blake? See, I don't know. Uh, Jameson, I don't think it's as clear-cut as you think. Like, Michigan State's quarterback plays bad. Like, bad. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. And and so, I don't know where to go with this. Uh, The OC for Pitt, he left for Nebraska. We have key opt-outs on Pittsburgh's defense, too. I might just ride Pitt just because this is, I feel like, a bigger game for their, like, uh, for their program than Michigan State. But it's... This game's abysmal now that the two best players, the two Heisman, not one's finalist, one was close, but two guys of that caliber not playing in this game is an absolute travesty, so just give me Pitt. Yeah, the fans were absolutely robbed in this one of the only redeemable qualities of this game, which was two Heisman finalists facing off against each other, uh, which we now don't have. So that is a, a major, I'm sure the sponsors and and everyone else is, is very disappointed that they're losing that sort of selling point. And it is, it is bad for the fans. Um, all that being said, there was a lot of people that were really high on, on Michigan state all season. And I was a, a known hater, a known doubter of Michigan state all season, but I got to take him here. I just think, it, I think that Blake is right. I think the game means more to Pitt, but I like the Spartans here to, to take the one. My thing is I, I'm with y'all. I think this means way more to Pitt. Um, and, you know, I, I I know the adage Pitt can't have nice things is a very real thing. And I'm probably going to get burnt by this. I have I sh- have this pretty low confidence because it is a, uh, a knife fight in a mud or in the mud. It's just a gross game. But uh, I, I think Pitt just has the edge here. Michigan State's kind of imploded as the season's as the season progressed. And, you know, no Kenneth Walker. I just don't see it. So. And not only that, but um, with how Pitt's offense works, I don't know. I, I could see Michigan State getting burnt uh, a couple times as well. So moving on to the Fiesta Bowl, we have Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. Um, this is interesting because Notre Dame really never had a college football playoff chance. It could have snuck in, but it wasn't looking that entertaining. OSU was a yard away from it, pretty much. Um, this is... Uh, eh. A bit of an interesting bowl. Two good teams. I personally like uh, Notre Dame a little bit here because I think I think they have a little bit of energy after the departure of Brian Kelly. I think they're a little pissed off. I think they're ready to play some damn football. Oklahoma State on the other end is just a little um, probably disappointed uh, overall that they're that in how their season ended. No Big Twelve championship. Uh, no college football playoff. Um, so I. 
I think the biggest thing about this is motivation, and I think Notre Dame just going to be flying just a little bit higher than the Pokes here. Ty? See, I completely disagree with, with Bobby here. I think Notre Dame has a lot of negativity. They got a lot of uncertainty. They got a lot of turnover. You know, we just finished recording our our pod on OU and Oregon where those were major storylines and we talked oh, about did. How... did we Bobby did we just do I don't that? I don't know this feels like this this uh, Ty Christmas no, hasn't even happened anyways yet. anyways <laughs> just kidding um but yeah I think we talked about how that can be an advantage for for OU but I don't think it's necessarily that big of an advantage for Notre Dame and I think that OSU's losses give them more to play for here because now they lost out on the championship that they thought was theirs uh, to the worst team in the Big 12 uh, in the preseason rankings by everyone uh, that knew what they were talking about. And then they lost out on a playoff spot. But I think that this game means more to Oklahoma State. And I think Oklahoma State is retaining more key things. They're retaining their head coach, who they play up for. And Mike Gundy plays up in these sort of upset games. So I really like the Cowboys here. Um, I I really, really like the Cowboys here. This is probably my most confident of the New York Six. Or the, the New Year's Six. The New York Six. <laughs> the, New York. the New York Six. Wow, that's honestly really crazy to hear. Blake? Blake, Blake it's your turn. It's me? Okay. Uh, okay, this one I think is easy. It's Notre Dame. Uh, after seeing that video of the Notre Dame players just going absolutely nuts when Marcus Freeman got hired, it seems like they really want to give like one last middle finger to Brian Kelly that if they just come out and destroy this OSU team, that they finally kind of end a season. One loss could have been in the playoffs if it wasn't for one slip-up versus Cincinnati, but it's also weird for OSU. Jim Knowles, uh, Jim Knowles is still coaching for them and then moving on right after, which... I, for some reason, in my mind, think is worse than just not moving on. Like, it just seems like he's put in his two weeks' notice. He's he's just kind of chilling at work, doing nothing. Like, who knows how much of a game plan he's really put together for this OSU team. If you have your eyes on trying to recruit a class at Ohio State, kind of get ready for that move in your lifetime. It's weird that he's still there. I don't want to bet on Limp Fish, so give me <laughs> the Fighting Irish. Just kind of sandbagging it, I guess. Jameson? Yeah, I liked Oklahoma State before I saw the uh, the Marcus Freeman video and how passionate he was. And looking at, you know, like you said, Blake, all the all the players really getting behind him. Uh, so it, it's hard for me not to pick Notre Dame in this game. I think Oklahoma State's a more talented game. But we've always talked about it. When it comes down to bowl season, want to trumps talent a lot of the time. Um, if you have the passion – and you have the work ethic to play a full game with all of your effort, you're going to win more than you lose um, when it comes down to bowl. So I'm going to go Notre Dame here. Okay. A lot of love for the Irish here. Moving on to the granddaddy of them all, Ohio State and Utah. Ohio State, of course, being a mainstay in the, the Rose Bowl, and I believe this is Utah's first appearance. So pretty interesting matchup here. Uh, Jameson, who do you like? I'm going to go with Ohio State. I understand that they're not um, – they're, they're six-and-a-half points um, favorite, and I think that's a lot. Um, but is Utah a legitimate team, or is they, are they just pumped up because they hammered an Oregon team um, into the ground twice? We'll see kind of how big Oregon is moving into this bowl season. Um, but Utah, for the most part, um, like I said, they do have their weaknesses on defense, and I think that Ohio State – Offense can really run all over them. So I'm going to go Ohio State here. Blake? 
Yeah, I'm going the opposite. I'm just gonna do a little transitive property magic and go Utah. Utah <laughs> destroyed Oregon twice. Oregon beat Ohio State in the horseshoe. This shows that the Pac-12 can beat up on a team like Ohio State, and I know their two-star receivers haven't opted out or in really yet. They haven't given word, but if those opt-outs happen, C.J. Stroud's gonna be in trouble, and having one loss since Cam Rising became starter is really impressive that Utah was basically, like, they were one Charlie Brewer away from really being in playoff contention. <laughs> they just allowed that dumb decision to affect their entire season. But I think this Utah team's way better than the record says. Give me the Utes. I'll say this before we move on. Um, even if Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave opt out, they still have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has been playing like absolute nuts. And then like the number one wide receiver in the recruiting class from last year and Julian Fleming. So they don't have any like just duds at backup. So I'm not really worried about the wide receiver room too much, to be honest with you. This one I think is very spooky because we don't, I don't think we really know with this Utah team because they're coming from the pack, you know, their, their resume is very much built on beating Oregon twice, which you know, is not unimpressive, but it's, uh, you know, who knows? Like we talked about with Oregon, who knows what's going on with that team this season. Ohio State, I think, is a a safe bet in that they're a known sort of commodity in, in the postseason. You know, we know Ryan Day, we know Ohio State, we know they got good players, good coaches, they perform well at this stage. <clears throat> Sorry. But Utah could be very, very good, like Blake said. And I, I think the transitive property, uh, you know, method here maybe means a little bit more than it does usually. I know Oregon's Ohio State win was very early in the season, and those early season out-of-conference games can be whatever, but that's kind of a bowl game scenario, you know. So I really don't – I'm very, very torn on this one. I, I got to go with what I think is the safe bet, and that's Ohio State just because they're a known commodity. But I think that this game means more to Utah. I think Utah has way more to play for in in making their name. I think that Utah could very well be a a very good team. So I'm taking Ohio State, but I would not be surprised either way. Here's my thing. Slap any other name on this bowl, and I'd pick Utah by far. If it's a Sugar Bowl, if it's Fiesta Bowl, I'd pick the Utes. However, this is a Rose Bowl, and – while it does seem antiquated to care about the Rose Bowl at, at a spe- specifically high level, um, it, it, it means a lot to, to, to teams like Ohio State. Um, the Buckeyes are too deep, too talented, and too good. Um, and not only that, I think they're going to come to play and try to win this thing. Um, I, I feel like it'll be a heavily slanted Ohio State crowd as well. They've, it's been a while since they've been to Pasadena. Uh, they'll have a bit of en- an energy and... I, I don't know. I, I just I feel like the Buckeyes don't lose big games like this. Um, and the whole Rose Bowl factor, I think, just changes all of it. So uh, give me the Bucks to, to win this one. But I think Utah will be a scrappy team. I, this will be a good game. Uh, I honestly think it's the best of the non-playoff matchups, if you ask me. So For sure. I, I'm excited for this one, for sure. Um, moving I on. I disagree with that statement, but that's fine, I think. This is the better of the This two. is a good one, too. <laughs> this yeah. is also a fun one. This is sloppy. The Big 12 champion, Baylor Bears, and the Ole Miss Rebels in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, this is going to be very fun. I'm excited. Um, and I don't know who to pick. It's tough. Uh, but you know what? I 
I gotta say, I feel like Big 12 teams underperform in the Sugar Bowl. If you're not Oklahoma, you usually lose to the SEC mm. opponent. So, I know I'm wearing the Big 12 hat. I know there's the whole shield protecting. No. Wait, who who underperformed in this? Yeah, I, I'm thinking of Baylor, Baylor, Oklahoma okay. State. Well, okay, Texas. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, Baylor, Oklahoma State loses a lot. Um uh, Oklahoma's done pretty decent in the show. Oklahoma's Bowl done good. Okay, yeah, you're right. So t- there's Texas. I forgot about I forgot about Texas's win. Uh the we're back whole yeah, okay. Well shoot. Well that 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 kind of derailed my whole comment there. Uh, <laughs> just pick Ole Miss. I'm picking Ole Miss. I'm going with the Rebs. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think Baylor's a solid team. I just I, I just think Ole Miss is a little bit more talented. Um is Levy coaching this one? I feel like I, I heard some rumors that he was thinking of coming back for this. But uh, I, either way, it's it's Matt Corral's final final timeout. I, I kind of think Ole Miss just has the has a little bit more horses. They, they, they just have a little bit more of an edge here, and they uh, get the dub. I think the main thing here is I think this is a great matchup. I think this is a great matchup team-wise, and – you could not pick a more perfect location for a Baylor Ole Miss meetup than the New Orleans. I think this is amazing. I think this is going to draw a big crowd and be a, a great game. Um, I got to ride with I got to ride with the Bears in this one though. They I have been betting against them all season and then getting burned in doing so. So give me give me the Bears here. Hopefully, I learn my lesson and they uh, will not disappoint in a win over Ole Miss. Apparently, Ole Miss is dealing with COVID issues as well, so I, I'm feeling bad. I feel bad about that pick already. But Ole Miss is wearing some Ole Miss is wearing some fire uniforms too. They're, they have the powder blues with the white helmets, so they might do good. Blake, who do you got? Yeah, you know who I'm rolling with here. I've been, <laughs> I've been betting for the Baylor Bears all year, and I'm not stopping now. And it doesn't matter who plays that quarterback for them. As we saw Blake Shapin, I don't think he's very good necessarily, but I think Jeff Grimes scripted it perfectly in the beginning to kind of get him in a groove, get some short passes. He was like nine or ten straight completions to start the game. I like that. And Gary, we could easily see Gary, though, and you get that dual threat back. But Baylor's defense seems to just show up in big moments. They're, like, statistically not as good as some of the past Baylor defenses, but I'm just, like, I'm on the Dave Aranda hype train. Like, I think this year he's shown, like, he could easily be a top-five coach in America. Like, just the turnaround he's done at Baylor with how he, like, and how he recognizes his weaknesses on his staff and kind of weaknesses in his own coaching philosophy and fills them, that's a great coach in my mind. Give me Baylor. I think they're going to, they got to right the wrong. You can't, you can't lose to Michigan State and whoever they played whenever Matt Rule went limp fish on them. You have to win one at some point. So give me Baylor. Yeah. Amanda's a better coach. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think that is obvious. I think it just came out a lot, especially with this Levy hiring, that Kiffin is an absolute fraud of a coach and that Levy was doing the majority of the coaching all miss because it seems like Kiffin was always off doing Kiffin things. Levy is coaching this game, which is a positive for all Miss. And we still have not heard from Matt Corral. But right now, I mean, I'm picking Baylor because of all the things you said, COVID, Matt Corral's uncertainty. And then I just believe in this Baylor team more than Ole Miss currently. I think it's just as flat out simple as that. Um, obviously, people change your picks whenever you hear if Matt Corral's playing or not. But right now, I think it's the safest way to bet on Baylor and just deal with it. There you go. 
Moving on to the Orange Bowl. This is uh, one of our two semifinals in the college football playoff. We have the Michigan Wolverines and the Georgia Bulldogs. Jameson, kick us off. Do you think Michigan can do... Um, I wouldn't say it's the unthinkable after the college football uh, or the uh, SEC championship, but do you think they uh, have the horses to really take that step into the national championship? You know, I would love to like hop on this Michigan train. They've been playing really well recently, but you know, playing Iowa in the Big Ten championship, we've talked about how big of a fraud Iowa was. When we talk about how big of a game that um, that catered to Michigan. Um, versus Ohio State, having it at home, having it with the weather, you know, being more of a tough nose team rather than a finesse team over Ohio State. Um, I just see that I just have this vision just reminding myself of a Georgia versus Alabama in a national championship. And I just see that gross image in my head again where they're going to have a rematch. And I just can't get that out. And I've really tended to pick, you know, whenever I can see things in my head easier, I can't see Michigan in the national championship as easily as I see Georgia. And that's really my analysis to it. I'm really worried about Stetson Bennett versus Michigan's defense, but I just, I just, I just see Georgia, honestly. Like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go the same with Jameson, and I'm just gonna pick Georgia. Uh, Georgia's been great all year long. They just ran into a Nick Saban size problem, and that seems to always be their kryptonite. But they beat up on other inferior teams, like that's what they do. And I think Michigan. Having They had a great run this year, but obviously not invincible if you get beat by a one-dimensional Michigan State team. You took advantage of the Ohio State, the Ohio State situation. That's great. And kind of just had an easy path from there. So uh, the one thing to look out for is uh, George Pickens, uh, star, the star ride receiver for Georgia, currently in COVID protocol. So it might be up in air whether he plays. I know JT Daniels as well. Uh, I don't think there's probably a QB controversy as much here. Like, I think you just got to ride with Stetson Bennett. Uh, but give me Georgia. Here's here's my thing. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a contrarian angle here because just full disclosure, there is nothing more that I would love this season than a Michigan national championship. I just think it would be amazing. I, I think it would be really neat the more I think about it. And with that being said, what do we know about Georgia? Right? Georgia is based everyone's opinions on Georgia are based on three key games. They beat Clemson, who we found out was a fraud. They beat them 10 to 3 without scoring an offensive touchdown. They beat Florida, who we all know now is a fraud, and Dan Mullen was mentally checked out and who knows what at that point. And then they lost to Bama big, a Bama team that a lot of people were arguing shouldn't even be in the top four. So I think we've not seen that Bama deserves to be, but there's potential that Georgia maybe is a fraud team that has squeaked through. That's a very, very, you know, fringe take there, but – who else have they they beat Kentucky, who I guess is a decent team, barely 30 to 13. So I see a lot of potential for a Michigan win here. Wishful thinking, I'm probably gonna get cold taked here, but give me the Wolverines with a playoff win. I would love to see a, a Michigan versus Bama national championship. I just don't want to see Georgia Bama again. So give me the Wolverines here. Yeah, no, I that's the thing. I would love to see Michigan win this, and I, there's a world where I see that happening. But I feel like with the college football playoff and teams like this who make a good run, it I, I feel like it can be very hard for them to get over that hump. 
Um, Georgia is a very, very sound, good team. They're going to be playing in Miami. They'll have just an absurd amount of Georgia fans down there. It it will be uh, red and black all over. Um, And I know the whole Michigan side is like, oh, we have the largest alumni base in the country. Sure you do, but also Georgia uh, hasn't played a playoff game this close to, to, well, Athens. I think, okay, I think Michigan's going to travel well. Like, this is their first big game in about 10 plus years. I'm not not worried about that. I'm not saying they're not going to travel well. I'm saying that Georgia's going to travel insanely well. Um, because it's it, it's just a different level down there. Um, I, I, and I, I would imagine that the general public tickets had been snapped up for the Orange Bowl long, long before this. Um, probably long before the SEC championship game, honestly, if you ask me. Um, so I, I think the dogs have a pretty big advantage, um, you know, just location-wise. Michigan's, Michigan will travel, just not the same way. Um, and then just, but, 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 Honestly, if we're just talking football, I, I think Georgia's just a little bit more sound defensively, a little bit stronger, and they're built for this moment. Um, and I think they just, I think they they grit out a tough, good win here. I know there are questions about Pickens, uh, who's going to be the quarterback. It hasn't mattered who Georgia's quarterback has been all season long. I just, I, I think the things that Georgia do, Georgia does best. I think those travel well in big games like this, uh, and I think they uh, get the win over Michigan, but. It's a close game. It's a good game. I, I'm i actually really pumped for this one. So that's the Orange Bowl. Moving on to the other side of things, we have the Cotton Bowl. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the plucky upstart Cincinnati Bearcats. And uh, look, I'd love an upset here, but you know, Cinderella stories just don't happen in college football, and they don't happen for a reason because teams like Alabama come, up, come in and rip your heart out and punt it Michael Turk style, you know, 83 yards down the field. Uh, Alabama is used to winning. They're used to winning Cotton Bowls. And they, when is the last time you've seen Alabama show up, like not show up for a, for a college football playoff game? Not, I'm not talking about just like flat out get beat like they did against Ohio State or, um, you know, Clemson. Clemson, in the, Clemson in the national championship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, 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 they do not sleep on these teams. They flat out have more talent. Uh, and you know, the focus, you, you just, you don't lose to Nick Saban on this much time of, uh, with preparation. Um, as much as I'd love to see Desmond Ritter and the Bearcats do something, make, make things, make things a little interesting. It's the tide, uh, easy. So go, give me Alabama. Yeah. I feel bad for Cincy here because they, they were sort of in a, a bad situation. They have their Cinderella story. And I think they maybe could have had a chance uh, against some of the other teams, maybe. But Nick Saban and the Tide are not going to lose to to Cincinnati. They're not. It's just that's not how it works. That's not how Nick Saban works. There is lower than a zero percent chance that they will win this game. Like there, and there's no way that these takes turn out cold. I'm not even saying that as a like to be funny. If it does, like there's no way that Bama doesn't win this game. So. Give COVID-19. Me the oh. What's up? I said, Co- I said COVID-19 could like have them forfeit. I, I guess, but that's not not win. Like a forfeit that's, is different, I guess. That's Technically, true. And, and, you know, we could do a whole pod on debating that the COVID rule that just got announced. But give me the t- – if they play, which they will, give me the tie here. Easy. I, and Nick Saban and, and his team, you know, I don't – I've been kind of down on Cincinnati all season. I am happy for them. They've done – 
amazing things, but they got to play the Crimson Tide in at the Cotton Bowl. Come on. Yeah, that's that not not good stuff. Poor poor Cincy. Like, I'm going Bearcats. Oh, <laughs> I think something weird's Whoa. gonna happen. I think that if any Bama team's gonna lose in this weird instance, it's gonna be this Bama team. We were talking about leading up to this Georgia game, how decimated this team looked. It's like their offensive line wasn't as good, linebackers weren't as strong, there were some obvious flaws, like they were barely winning games against kind of average SEC teams, and it's just because of one win that we saw, we just got that out of our mind, or like, okay, this Bama team is just a normal Bama team. I don't think they are. They're missing their number one receiver. Everybody else behind him, nobody has more than 330 yards this season. Like, that's how much they relied on John Mechie. I think things could get weird with COVID. Maybe not, like, a forfeit situation, but what happens <laughs> if it knocks out, like, a Bryce Young or something, and it kind of puts you in some turmoil? Like, I'm just praying that something weird happens. The season has been weird. Let's finally have a weird ending to something, because, like, I can just see it now that, like, Alabama gets decimated enough that they still play the game, but, like, they obviously are down to, like, second and third stringers, and, like, we just talk about for years how it's, like... G5 teams aren't legit because they needed all these, like, helping, like, they needed all the help in the world from nature to, like, actually win one. So, I could see this being a debate in the future. Give me the Bearcats. I want to see it. I want to see it. I love it. Wow, I was actually about to talk about how I think this game is going to be closer than what people think with Cincinnati. Um, I think they've got a great defensive back room. They've got some solid guys, and, like, Blake hit on. Losing Mechie is a big deal to ACL. They've got other good players, you know, wide receiver, like Jameson Williams is another great wide receiver for them. But Mechie was just a go-to guy that you could just put, he could get 10, 15 catches and you wouldn't even bat an eye at it. It's just that's how easily he got open. Um, I think for a young quarterback in a big game, whenever you don't have your number one guy, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be hard for him. I but I don't think Cincinnati wins, but I think that we'll have a little bit more entertainment um in this game than we think. I would love that. I'm all for entertaining football. That's what I want. Uh, so hopefully both of these games are incredible and, you know, we have one of the best college football playoffs of all time. So, all right, folks, that is it for our new year six special. Uh, we only have one pick left in the season, the national championship between blank and blank. I'm excited to see who that, who that is. High but, uh, confidence, high confidence. Yeah. Just put all confidence into, uh, you know, team one, but, um, yeah, guys, this has been a fun season of picks uh, from the weekend spread to the bowl pickums. Just just a, a true blast, a true pleasure to share the screen with y'all. Um, and I'm lo- looking forward to, uh, you know, trying to figure out some weird off-season content for sure. Um, Blake, any final thoughts uh, as we sign off for uh, picks this year? Yeah, we've honestly been given kind of like the first year where we put a lot of effort, I feel like, into how we podcast and content. We've been gifted probably the best and craziest college football season, which has been awesome. And I think we're only going to see more of this, especially with coaching and stuff like that, when we're starting to see coaches just being ripped away from schools that you wouldn't even imagine. I love it. Like, it's the college football product is in a great place that on fields we're getting great games, great results, and off fields we're getting kind of that NBA-level drama that we haven't in the past. So this season has been easily my favorite college football season of my lifetime just because of, like, how involved we've been. But it's just been – it's been incredible to do this this year. Absolutely. Jameson, final thoughts? 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, to be honest, it's tough with everything that's going on. I know there's a lot of controversy on opt outs and no worries about COVID, and there's gonna be COVID outbreaks that are gonna happen coming with these games. Uh, it's if you look at the NFL, you look at the NBA. Um, it's getting hit hard, and college has no need to report numbers on who's in, who's in protocol, and who's not. So just get ready for that, and it's gonna cause a lot of crazy things to happen. Let's hope we don't asterisk this year and kind of enjoy it while we have it. Agreed. Ty? Yeah, I said it before the season started is, is sort of my prediction that this was going to be a great season for, for fans of the sport. And there has been a lot of pain. There's been a lot of disappointment with some teams. There's been seasons of a lifetime uh, for some teams. So I think it is fair to say that this is – one of the best college football seasons of all time, potentially the, like we said, the product that college football is putting out this year, just by chance has, has been amazing. And I, I think this very much rivals 2007 and we've yet to even see some of 2007's biggest storylines were, were in the New York six bowl or the New York six. Again, the uh, <laughs> New Year's six, uh, we have it on the screen uh, in the New York six bowls. And we have a playoff now and a championship. There's just so much more, potential and like you guys said that the storylines and the trauma with transfers and and coaches moving and everything else we we could not have asked for for a better season as the sport as a whole so you gotta you gotta love to see it yeah no absolutely it's it's been a it has been a 07 type of year and it's it's been very fun to share this with y'all and uh podcast through it so all right for me jameson Bowden, blake and ty this has been the schooner pod new year six special We'll see you soon with, uh, you know, probably we'll do a national championship pod and, you know, some stuff throughout the offseason. I'm looking forward to it. A lot more college basketball. Make sure to listen to me and uh, Boat and Blake's college basketball uh, catch up. If you're into the uh, round ball, it's some good stuff. It'll get you right back into that uh, college basketball mindset. So uh, when you're done with this, go right over to that. Check that out for sure. So, all right, folks, have a good new year. We'll see you soon and uh, have good luck out there. Here's the Alamo Bowl for or the Alamo for some reason. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work for the for the pick. 